Hello, everyone. Hey, hey, hey. Have you ever, ever wondered, wondered, wondered what it, what it, what it would be like to see the evil man Well, Chris, guess what? People can. April 29th, 2022 at 9 p.m. at Comedy Bar in Toronto. That's right. For the first time ever, Chris Locke, James Hartnett, and Michael Balazzo will be recording an Evil Men podcast episode live on stage in the Comedy Bar main space. Of course, that is at 945 Bloor Street West, Toronto, and you can get tickets at comedybar.ca. Oh! That's Friday, April 29th. At 9 p.m. Evil Men Live! Live! Brought to you by The Bank. Well, should we transition? I mean, that was uh, hilarious. Yeah. How much <laughs> should we do? Keep that part. <laughs> that was hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You've heard of the... Uh... <laughs> I'll put that at the very beginning. <laughs> and saying it so straight. Yeah. Well, should we transition? Because that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you put that after the better health thing or something. <laughs> evil. Evil. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that one hurt my throat. What's the, what's up? Oh, like the old uh, Budweiser ads. Remember them? What's up? I remember when frogs were like Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Do you remember yeah. that one, guys? I remember even remember Spuds McKenzie, the, oh, the little God. dog who convinced America to drink. Uh, what was it? Coors Light. Wow. What is bullet. it, little dog? Is someone in trouble? Oh, he wants us to drink beer. No, no one's in trouble. <laughs> you should just yeah have a nice, tall, cool <laughs> can of beer. But Spuds, it's 11 a.m. <laughs> so what? <laughs> okay. So what? Don't you feel a bit agitated? A beer would really level that out. How come this dog knows only bikini babes? <laughs> Spuds? Um, but I, oh, no, I, Spuds is smelling the bikini babes' asses. <laughs> Spuds McKenzie, get your nose out of that girl's crotch. (laughs) (laughs) Ruff, ruff. So now you're you're pretending you're a dog. (laughs) You're just a little guy in a suit. (laughs) Do you think that Spuds McKenzie's funeral was exclusively attended by like the CEOs of like Coors and then just a billion bikini babes in black? (laughs) In black bikinis? Was Spuds Coors? Was it Coors? Ah, no we should do need Spuds McKenzie as an evil man subject. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh no, shut maybe Spuds Bud Light, wasn't it? <laughs> Spuds. After he got fired? <laughs> shut the fuck up, you're not cute anymore. <laughs> Guys, I have to apologize to it's you. Bud Light? And by the way, I'm Mike, that's James, and Chris is the first voice you heard. Oh, yeah. Yo! I owe everybody here an apology because Spuds McKenzie was a mascot used for Bud Light, not Coors Light. Oh, well. Here's my... Uh, Impression of the latest uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, song, even though this is coming out three weeks later. Boom, do 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 Spuds McKenzie was actually for Bud Light, not Coors Light, and he got it. Was a dog that rode a skateboard and drank lots of beer. Okay, that's good. 
<laughs> it's really good. Uh, the old chili peppers. You've been really talking about them a lot lately, Chris. You're you're, you're having some fun nostalgia with this. So the, the I think what happened peppers. was Blood Sugar, Sex, Magic, that album in, came out in 91. And I came upon it in 91, 92 when I was in grade 8. Uh, if you're an American listening, 8th grade... Yeah, they, they like to make fun of you if you say it the wrong way. They beat your ass <laughs> if you say a grade of school wrong. Um, yes. They're so angry. But anyways, so, but then I never, I kind of kept my ear, I don't, anyways, you know what happened to the Red Hot Chili Peppers over the years. Right. You know, they got older and whatever. They got and better and better, went from strength to strength. Uh, yeah, but a single funkier. came out recently, but this is coming out month after it came out. But... I've been listening to it so much, and I think it's because I'm traumatized from the darkness of the world, and the single is so light and stupid and dumb. It's like just what I need. It's, but it's not, it's I know it's not awesome. What's it called? Poster Child. Oh. I will be <laughs> your poster child. I really have a song on their new it's album. It's like Poster Child? What the <laughs> fuck? That's what you wanted to call it? I, <laughs> I heard right? they have a Doesn't song. Yeah, include the word California or something. <laughs> California, poster <laughs> child. Because Flea was born in Australia. I don't know if you guys knew oh this, my but God, I so didn't. there's a song on their album about like the massive uh, wildfires that happen in Australia. Yeah. And I'd love to hear this uh, serious. Yeah, Flea's like this song is very personal to me. It's about the wildfires in Australia, and then it's like just find that's burning very wild and going insane. California. It's burning up. <laughs> it's California. They still say Australia. Australia. <laughs> Australia is Australia. California, Australia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a fire burning up Australia. Give me Jimmy, 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Under the Bridgerino downtown. <laughs> it's the only place we're not burning up. Under the bridge. So, do you get what I'm saying, though? Yes. The world like, is in the state, and yeah. you needed to chill out with some feel-good music, and yeah. who comes to the rescue? Chili's. R-H-C-P. Yeah. The Chili Peppers. I mean, with everything that's going on right now, war, pandemic... Everyone divided. Inflation. Split. Are you going to freaking clamber for that new Radiohead track? <laughs> oh, guess I mean, what? they don't have one, but could you imagine right now yeah. listening to Radiohead during all of this? No. It, yeah, Tom York. I, I just know he's writing something a little downbeat about what's happening right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sounding good, Tom. <laughs> I've written a song about what's going on in the world. Critics are calling it his best yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Where <laughs> Isn't there there's a connection though with Tom York and Flea because they're in some super group Atoms for Peace. Oh have you heard oh. of that? I, I, I remember That's listening nice. to and the album and I didn't I didn't enjoy it. It didn't sound very good, but isn't that a, an unlikely combination? A guy as crazy as Flea with a guy as sad as Tom York. Funky cry time. I'm not feeling very funky. Yeah. 
Funky <laughs> sadness. <laughs> Funkier. Funkier, looser, dancing more, <laughs> going to nightclubs and crying less. Yeah, they don't seem like in the recording session, like they'd party the same way or relax the same way after the no. record, you know? No. Like, uh, rain down, <laughs> rain down your funkiness. <laughs> Boop. Flea, <laughs> <laughs> can you make your bass sound very sad? <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> I know he's from Australia because I'm listening to him read the audible right. version of his memoir. Does he have an accent? Children, uh, no. Acid for the Children. No Does he that. mention that, that my name is almost his name because Flea's real name is Michael Balzari? <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Balzeri. Well, you need to change your name into a simple bug nickname now. <laughs> oh, uh, what could Mike be? Um, no, uh, no. Please boop, be boop, careful boop, about boop, my hands. No, what's, the, a, what's another fun bug? The bad bug. Beetle. Beetle. Uh, <laughs> Mike Balazzo is now Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> what about... Praying Mantis. Praying Mantis. Or you just go by the name Mantis. Manti. Mantis. Yeah, yeah, Mantis. <laughs> I'm gonna hold a press conference to like everybody as of this day. From this day forward, Michael Blazo is dead. I am now Mantis. And you, you get evil <laughs> men with James, Chris, and Mantis. And me, you get Mantis. You get fillers in your face to kind of resemble a praying mantis's face. <laughs> yeah, you get your arms reconstructed to be folded like that with your wrists shooting downwards. Yeah. Do you think Anthony Kiedis because? It isn't really that hard to sing like him. Like, do you think he just was lucky and stumbled upon this way of singing first? Like, <laughs> if you just sing like this, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that was even better. Like, you almost sounded like Stephen Page. Oh, well, he does it too. It's interesting. I'm going to challenge you on that because anyone who knows anything about the Chili Peppers knows that Anthony studied at Juilliard. He studied vocal uh, <laughs> vocal music. Already at a Juilliard. trained opera singer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I funk 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 slap that booty. I think there's a a windy elephant in the room. We should tell the listeners about. We are recording today's episode al fresco. It's a beautiful day. It's like 17 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that would be in, in American money, but um, it's extremely windy, and so you might hear some wind gusts in the background here. Hopefully not. Can you hear it? Wind, 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 wind. Yeah. I don't know. Write us at Evil Men Podcasts and uh, let us know if you hear some wind. Earth, wind, and fire. Oh, well, today no. let's just let's lose Earth. Let's lose fire. Only wind. <laughs> well, we're on the Earth. We're definitely experiencing wind. Next episode, fire. Yeah, we'll do it in front of a big fire. We did. Oh my Remember god! Remember all those bo- Patreon Wait. bonuses we did in front of fire? Yeah, we in the summer we rented a cottage and oh. recorded Patreon bonus episodes oh, around the campfire. Remember. I, remember I loved getting wasted and recording all that shit. We we got to do that again, like as soon as uh, our schedule is allowed, to take a few days and go somewhere. Yeah, it was fun. 
And we got um, we got in deep in some of those convos. We did, and it was interesting. yeah. We talked about that boy who came back from heaven <laughs> <laughs> and wrote a book about it. I remember <clears throat> in one of the episodes we did at that cottage, because we were drunk and stuff. I remember like listening and being so like out of it, and then realizing I hadn't spoken in like half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No, oh, well, I would say, what do you think, uh, Evil Men podcast listeners? Is James the quietest member of the three? Ooh. Or is it me, Mantis? <laughs> <laughs> if you can't hear Mantis right now, it's because he's praying. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Your next act is a writer, comedian, and podcast host. Give it up for Mantis. What we saying, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> We're wearing a green T-shirt and green pants, yeah. <laughs> and I just I sort and of crouch still. on the ground. <laughs> well, what else is new, guys? Yeah. I, I saw? was honest about liking the new Red Hot Chili Peppers single. Um, Can I bring something up? If please. You I took the subway here today to Chris's place, not to dox you, but. The subway is a pretty. I'm near the subway. <laughs> subway is a pretty gross place to be. It's like kind of dirty and hot. And they the uh, ad right across from me where I was standing on the subway, an entire side of the wall was for tuna, canned tuna. <laughs> that that maybe wasn't the most appetizing way to or place to advertise canned tuna <laughs> in a stinky, <laughs> fetid, smelly, hot uh, tube of. Gross air. Have you, have the you, subway is always advertising go back to college and eat <laughs> cans of tuna. Yeah, what do they want? What, what's going on? It's like they live. Their subliminal message is trying to get us to. Glasses <laughs> on, you see it's all ads for tuna. <laughs> the tuna companies are taking over the world. The okay, aliens that took tuna. over are actually like um, dolphin creatures from another planet. <laughs> you know what, though? Um, you got to admit. The, the targeted advertising of go to college or go back to school in subways <laughs> is so, like, on the nose because it's everybody's <laughs> yeah everybody's 9 to 5 or worse, like, exhausted on the subway hmm. looking and then daydreaming like, yeah, I could go to Trevis Institute and meet Robert Plant <laughs> instead of doing this shit all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. It's really too... Like, uh, two-pointed. That was the day I walked into the specific. boss's office and said, I quit. And he said, what do you, what do you mean you quit? And I said, I'm going to be the number one music engineer in North America. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever been on the subway or a, a streetcar or the bus and, and had someone eaten something gross like tuna? Yeah. Tupperware of pasta is the, the worst Ew. one for me. Occasionally you see it, especially when it's like rush hour. Uh, if someone's sitting down, they open up a big Tupperware of pasta and start uh, scooping yeah. it. And, you know. I've definitely seen, I haven't read the sub, ridden the subway as much. If it's much. like after the bars yeah. and it's McDonald's, I think that's fine because there's hardly anybody on there, whatever. But yeah. sorry, Chris, you go ahead. No, no, it's true. It's just you. Anything with cutlery. Yeah. yeah. It's just like you, the subway's practically empty. It's you, kind of drunk, three rowdy guys kind of drunk eating McDonald's. A guy dressed like a clown who's laughing to himself too much. <laughs> that and is 100% Chris. 
taking the subway at 1.30. Yeah, and then the werewolf from American Werewolf in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Riding the subway. I once saw a woman using a plastic fork in her Tupperware on the subway, pretty empty, and she had to like do something with her phone, and she put the fork down on the seat. No! And then did whatever, and then picked it back up and went back to eating. Oh. That Tupperware. is disgusting. <laughs> that is insane. I would say I'm kidding? half and half a germaphobe. I'm a bit okay with some stuff, but that is, that is stupid as hell. Mind. I said, She's out of her madam. gourd? Mind. And gourd. gourd. Yeah. Uh, I said, Madam, this is really none of my business, but should you be doing that? <laughs> madam, your fork! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even during the pandemic, I've seen people without their mask on on this hot, gross subway like I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck fuck I don't give a fuck like just (laughs) eating whatever I took it the other day and there was like a 20 year old kind of like country strong looking guy if you know Uh, what I mean by that he looked like he worked I don't know. You always had to push. Of mice and men. Yeah. Yeah. And he was almost like defiantly not wearing a mask and every single other person on the on the subway had a mask. Mm -hmm. And you know, I get it. It's kind of waning now, we hope. But it's still just like you're you're just you're really making a point on the subway. Yeah. Come on, man. I saw someone take off their mask to eat to like drink soup on the subway. (laughs) Soup is a weird subway food, I think. Yes. Soup. Yes. Sloshing around. Yeah. I think an apple's okay. Absolutely. Fruit is okay on the subway, I would say. We actually encourage listeners to eat fruit (laughs) on the subway. Yeah. Yeah. Cherries, peaches, grapes, plums, (laughs) bananas, apples. Have you ever been stuck on the subway? (laughs) Hang them above your head and (laughs) suck them all in your mouth. Yeah, there's a people that don't know Toronto that well, every like third car. It's kind of like an Italian-themed car. It has grapevines <laughs> along the top of the subway. Yeah, yeah. And a Nona on the hood. <laughs> <laughs> a Nona surfing the roof. <laughs> Get your motor running. <laughs> Riding Come the giant dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in the center of every third subway car, yeah, big um, sort of poultice of uh, the soup and stew she's making. Yeah. <clears throat> Stregonona. I'm riding the giant metal snake. <laughs> you can you can wait five minutes or take the Nona car now. I'll wait. All, attention customers, the Nona car is now serving dinner. It's all you can eat. And uh, you better eat every last uh, damn bit of it or else you'll be in trouble. <laughs> attention, uh, subway riders, just to let you know the Nona car smells so damn good. <laughs> As soon as I'm off my shift, you know, I'm not going home to my wife and kids. No, I'm getting back on, going to the Nona car, and eat myself silly. Yeah. I'm going to get out, meet my wife and kids on the platform, get back in the Nona car, have dinner there. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Uh-oh, my wife looks mad. Attention customers, uh, we have a situation on the Nona car. Nona's angry that uh, <laughs> someone uh, says they're a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks he's too. He's going to be too skinny. <clears throat> Uh, your attention, subway passengers, just to let you know that my wife is a bit disappointed because she thought we were going to go to McDonald's tonight. <laughs> uh, she, has, uh, she doesn't like Nona's cooking as much as I do. <laughs> And could you please not lean against the doors? Uh, did, did your grandmother spoil you, like in this sort of classic Nona way? Well, she spoiled me in the sense that she would always uh, model um, uh, lingerie in front of me. 
and go, uh, do you think your girlfriend would like this? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, big well, time. We were cooking up something, but yeah. I wasn't boom, expecting boom, that. Boom. She'd move her butt back and forth. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. You think your girlfriend would like something like this for Christmas? <laughs> that was your Nona, huh? Yep. God rest her soul. My horny Nona. Tonight on Horny Nona. Boom, boom, boom. A boom, a boom, a boom. Nona used to model lingerie. Oh my God! Mama, don't let your girls grow up to be like Monona. <laughs> Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be horny Nonas. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's got that old Nona butt okay. kind of hanging out of the undies. Okay, James, it's I fun. remember you tell many stories about about your Nonas. Well, I hate to to be a downer. I, I only knew one of them, and she was quite old when I knew her. But she was. Uh, what well, doesn't mean she's. She was out of the, you know, uh, doesn't deserve a few words. No, you're right. Uh, she was. She lived yeah, in Ireland. You're being mean to her right now. No, no. She lived in Ireland. <laughs> I, I, I didn't spend a lot of a ton of time with her, but she was an Irish known. Very a little, a little older Irish lady. Okay. She uh, played uh, piano very well. That's cool. I'm picturing a little, a little tiny person on a big piano. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, Mike. Like, what was her favorite song? Oh, probably some old Irish thing. Or was it Danny the- Boy or something like that, maybe? Oh, that's a good one. Or was it the Italian National Anthem? <laughs> oh, right, because we're all having our Nonas. That's right. Hey, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't matter where you're from. You got a Nona. Yes. Was this her favorite song? Nona, Nona, what are you doing with Anthony Kiedis? Nona, it's three in the morning. What are you doing with Sir Psycho Sexy? I a song and I get a bit of horny. Oh shit! I spilled some tea laughing at this. You're a Nona. I thought you were a groupie. Beep beep. James, is it true that you wanted to tell the crowd listening something? I actually did, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because it uh, means a lot to me. <clears throat> I wanted to tell everybody listening that if you go to your web browser and type in patreon.com slash evilmen. So uh, Chrome or like Safari, Firefox? Yeah, we prefer Firefox, but you're welcome to use any browser. Um no, you can use anything you want. If you go to patreon.com slash evilman, you'll check out our Patreon page. That's okay. the bottom line. And you can sign up for it. You get at least two bonus episodes a month. Wow. They're fun. They're wild. Yes. <clears throat> they're sexy. Um, we put posts up on there. People are suggesting topics for us on the Patreon, mm-hmm. and we're using them. Uh, so check it out if you're interested. And uh, sign up if you like and help us out, and I think you will enjoy it. Yes. Um, and that's really the main thing I wanted to get across there. And if you can't do the Patreon, that's fine. But maybe you could rate us and review us. Also really yes. helps, apparently. Yes. Um, rate us, review us, and enjoy us. You know what I also wanted to say? You know I did Mel Gibson recently? Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention that was suggested to us on the Patreon by Joel Edmonston. Nice. And J-E. also Adrian and Gord. Thank you. Nice. Thank wow. You. Three people Thank said you. do Mel Gibson? Yeah. Wow. 
if three people are recommending you for our show, you've got some problems. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you might be uh, evil. <laughs> That's right. And also, on the Patreon, a user who goes by the name Turd, <laughs> T-U-R-D, What's suggested up? this week's <laughs> Evil Man. So thank you to Turd. Yes, and Turd is, I believe, uh, first of all, Turd, uh, hello, if you're listening. Hello, Turd. Thank you, because Turd, I think, is a, a recent new patron. Yes, that's right. We we don't usually clock the names <laughs> when a new person signs up, but Turd got our attention. It's not the kind of name you hear every day, and I guess that means that on Patreon you can sort of give yourself a, a pseudonym to stay anonymous or whatever. Yeah. Thank you, Turd. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> Now, James, we've gotten that bit of, of nasty business out of the way. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, because you're doing this week's episode, who the heck is this week's evil man? Well, this week's evil man is a man called Sidney Gottlieb. Okay, it doesn't ring a bell. Who, do you know who that is, Chris? No. Well, let me give you a little <laughs> overview here. Sidney Gottlieb was an American chemist and spymaster who headed the CIA's Whoa. 1950s and 1960s mind control program known as Project MKUltra. Well, I do know oh. about that. I probably heard his name, but I didn't remember. Uh, yeah. The Daily Mail describes Gottlieb as the most prolific torturer of his generation. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I I had heard of MKUltra, but I didn't yeah. know what it was prior to doing this. And yeah. this, I would say, was the craziest research I've ever done on the podcast. Didn't Earl Morris do that great TV series about it uh, a while back? Oh, you didn't oh, see it. Oh, I years don't know. Back. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. A lot of what I looked up, I was like, "Is that? It can't be real." But I double checked, and you ever see yeah. Jacob's Ladder with Tim Robbins? Yeah. The reveal of that is kind of a MK Ultra E type of uh, reference. Oh, I didn't know. Well, I did not know that. <laughs> Was Jacob's ladder like he dies or something, or he's in his dreams, or uh, I don't know. Maybe that was. Uh, yeah, whatever. but I, I think he's. Um, uh, I think it might be he's on acid and dying in Vietnam, huh? But his mind is acting like he's back in New York after Vietnam. Okay, huh. but demons keep showing up in his vision, and all this weird shit happens. I would love to rewatch it and be terrified. Well. um... <laughs> Why don't I start with telling you about Sidney Gottlieb's early life? Please. I'm, I, I have to admit, for all the film buffs out there, I'm picturing Sidney Greenstreet. From, I was picturing uh, Sidney Poitier when you said the name, <laughs> but I know it's a different person. Yeah, there's a few Sidneys going on. You know who on. he kind of looks like? Who's that, that director and actor? He, he was in Eyes Wide Shut as the billionaire friend of Tom Cruise. Sid, isn't he a Sidney? That is a Sidney. Because he looks like that Sidney. It's not Sidney Lumet. It's Sidney Sweeney. It's uh, yeah, he's a director on his own. It might be Sidney Lumet. No, okay. I know yeah. who you're talking about. Damn, this is driving me nuts. We'll look. At, we'll we'll look. Someone look it up and drop it in when we okay. when we want it. But California. So Sidney Gottlieb. He was born in the Bronx in 1918. Oh, Rumble oh. in the Bronx. Yeah, well, he might have seen Babe Ruth play, maybe. South Bronx. The South, <clears throat> South Bronx. He, he created hip-hop. I wonder if seeing an early baseball game inspired him to create mind control uh, <laughs> techniques. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the band goes wild. I'm going to fuck up their minds. <laughs> he was born a stutterer with a club foot. Not exactly LeBron James. <laughs> 
You um, can say that about so many people. <laughs> well, that's, that's what jumped to mind for me. Uh, <laughs> as a child, Sydney's mother had to carry him around everywhere, and he didn't walk without leg braces until he was 12. Did he have polio or something? Or a club foot. Just club foot? All right. Yeah, I don't even know what a club foot is, but... Club foot. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's when you got, like, a big square foot. Yeah. Well, okay. I have no idea. So Actually, I thought I did. The club foot got him rejected. Sidney Pollock That's is the, the actor. guy he looks like, okay. yes. There's an old director named Sidney Lummet, but this is Sidney Pollock, and he directed too. So anyways, this guy's got a club foot, and he's pissed. Basically. Uh, his club foot got him rejected from serving in World War II, but according to Wikipedia, quote, this did not prevent his pursuit of folk dancing, a lifelong passion. How about that? Wow. Great. Sydney graduated... Uh, Sounds like a nerd. <laughs> he graduated from the University of Wisconsin, magna cum laude. He's got a biochemistry doctorate. He gets married. He moves to a cabin in Virginia that has no electricity or running water. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm going to say that's an odd an odd move. It is odd. And Very Unabomber-ish. Yeah. <clears throat> and actually, there's a potential Unabomber tie-in later. But oh, I hope there's right. a crossover. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, he's raising... Sydney uh, Gottlieb versus... Ted Kaczynski, like in the MCU or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be sweet. So um, he's raising two daughters. He's got a wife. He lives in this weird cabin. Um, but he was crushed that he wasn't able to serve in the military. And he dreamed of finding a special way to tr- prove his patriotism uh, in another way. Okay. So he decided to try to get into the government. And, uh, sorry, just to go back, uh, folk dancing wasn't enough of a way to prove that Folk dancing patriotism wasn't <laughs> enough. Yeah, I know. Or just like, yeah, drawing the American flag on a notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, in 1948, he got a job with the government, still lived in the shack, which was, it was noted was an odd, stark contrast to the other employees. Love shack. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, he's, he works in the Food and Drug Administration. He develops tests to measure pres- presences of drugs in the human body. Okay. Kind of bounces around a bit. Does studies on hallucinogens. Okay. And then by 1951, he started working at the CIA. Okay. Um, and they hired a guy who lived in a shack with no electricity to... Yeah. Okay. I just want to say to the listeners right now, too, because <clears throat> they're very popular right now, and psilocybin especially is being considered, you know, therapeutic and pretty regular these days. Mm-hmm. But the experience combined with the three of us with hallucinogens is very scant. Am oh, I right? zero for me. Zero yeah. for James. Like one... one Time. One time. Oh, Michael. Oh. I've been to the moon once. <laughs> Holy moly. I didn't know this about you. A small a small um, piece of a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> nibble, nibble, nibble. Okay. That's basically me, too. In my yeah. teens, I had two separate experiences of mushrooms, and I just laughed my ass off, and the sky looked pink, and everything was fuzzy. But I didn't hallucinate. <laughs> magna cum loud. <laughs> what was the story? We don't have to include this, but the story of someone we know saying that um, they had a high school friend in 10th grade who did acid every day and, yes. and told her that like waking up in the morning was terrifying every day because... We just heard this last night at the party. Yeah, so this this kid was like, he did so much acid, he would wake up every morning and see himself on the ceiling and have to get himself 
off of the ceiling. Yeah, he would say, I have to get down off of the ceiling to get ready for school. It's kind of like when you And you're, that was like regular high school. It's like yeah. when you're playing Red Dead Redemption and you change <laughs> the views, so it's kind of like hard to control. Yeah. Wow. Well, I didn't even... I mean, I didn't... Doing acid is like playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Prior to doing this research, I didn't even know that LSD and acid were the same thing. So oh, James. What? James. You. I did. I don't know. What the fuck? <laughs> James, this is... Well, stop, now I know. Let's stop the show. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's let's get back to Sydney here. Okay. Uh, so he's he's in the CIA, right? And okay. um, this was in the early days of the Cold War, and there was you know all this paranoia about communist ideology overtaking the American way of life, mm-hmm. the Red Scare, you know. Yes. So, not only that, <clears throat> but the United States government feared that Soviet, Chinese, and North Korean agents. We're using mind control to brainwash U.S. prisoners of war in Korea. Hmm. This wasn't happening, but this was something that they were like, what if that's going on? Right. Mm-hmm. So the CIA decided, hey, why don't we search for a way to control the human mind instead of leaving it up to them? And can I ask, were, was America's fear that the POWs were being brainwashed to like come back and assassinate people or like what was the fe- I don't fear know, but to, to spread communism my guess is either that or reveal secrets right right that's my guess communism back then you gotta remember listeners was the grand prize winner of the hit tv show america's next top fear <laughs> <laughs> that was almost like uh, a dennis miller joke <laughs> but said with your uh tone of voice with my slow brain america's greatest fear yeah uh anyway Okay. Okay, Chachi. Okay. (laughs) When Gottlieb was brought on board to the CIA, the CIA was already doing something called Project Bluebird. And that was all about using drugs on captured prisoners to attempt to break their ego control and elicit information. But the Mm -hmm. CIA felt that these experiments weren't going that great. So they needed more scientific knowledge. So they brought in Sydney to get it back on course. Right. That's cool. Um, so with Sydney in charge, they call this project a new name. They call it Project Artichoke, which mm-hmm. is not as cool as MK <laughs> Ultra. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is when Sydney really starts building his power. Now, now he's like an important guy. He's running mm-hmm. Project Artichoke. So imagine having a boss <clears throat> who lives in a sh- like a, a shack by the like a pond with no with no yeah. toilet and uh, yeah. Anyway. But he wasn't a rube. I mean, he was clearly a really smart guy. Yeah. I think he was just an interesting man. Yeah. Um, the guy who hired Gottlieb was Alan Dulles, oh. uh, who has uh, mm. an airport named after him in D.C. Um, soon after Dulles hired Gottlieb... Well, uh, I've been there at that airport. Me too. Hmm. Soon after uh, Dulles hired Gottlieb, he got promoted to deputy director of central intelligence. So this was like a huge thing for Gottlieb because mm-hmm. the guy who hired him, who like likes him, right. suddenly became a high up government dude. So this basically assured Gottlieb's protection and encouragement of any future mind control projects he wanted. <laughs> so he kind of lucked out. And now it's like he knows, OK, I've got the government backing me. I can do whatever I want. Right. Um. So let's talk about Project Artichoke. Mm-hmm. Dulles and Gottlieb both believed that there was a way to influence and control the human mind that could lead to global mastery. <laughs> uh, the primary goal of Project Artichoke was to determine whether a person could be involuntarily made to perform an act of attempted assassination. 
They also wanted so a Manchurian candidate yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. They also wanted a truth serum. You know what? Did you guys see the original Manchurian candidate? No. no. With Frank Sinatra? Start spreading the Manchurian candidate. Start <laughs> washing my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm assassinating you tonight. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, just I won't say anything. Okay. Right. Just watch it. All right. Um, it's from that era, you know? So the government also wanted a truth serum, which the U.S. had been investigating since the 1940s, which right. is crazy, right? Um, Project Artichoke also studied hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, and the use of other chemicals to produce amnesia and other vulnerable states in subjects. What's wrong with me? What are you doing to me? You're addicted to morphine, kid. <laughs> I got morphine once in the hospital. I got a really bad 24-hour flu, and I threw out my back, throwing up so much. Oh Jesus. And I was in pain, and they were like, well, let's give him morphine. All and right, like, nurse, uh, we got to control this kid's mind and uh, get him on morphine. <laughs> <laughs> he sneezed too hard. Oh, or he <laughs> barfed too hard. Yeah, I, I barfed. We need him to assassinate the mayor of Caledon. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I get why people like it. It was one of the, the most amazing things of all time. Yeah. Really, when on morphine, yeah. I've worked with people that were on Oxycontin uh, because of pain, and and they said uh, it's hard to get off of it. I can see it. Yeah. Mm. Um, subjects in Project Artichoke were also subjected to extremes of temperature and sound, high and low pressure, oxygen, food and sleep deprivation, and strapped to electroshock machines. Can I ask, who were they trying this out on? Uh, I'll, it's I, I believe it was... Well, I'll get to it, but mostly, um, I believe, volunteers, and, right. and I'll get to that. Okay. Like okay. stand-up comedians right. that needed to make a little extra money for rent. <laughs> yeah. Amateur stand-ups. Yep. <laughs> go and do psychological tor- torture uh, experiments, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the main idea, though, of Project Artichoke like, revolved around giving people drugs to achieve this sort of, like, fucking with their mind. Um, so they started with marijuana, and uh, they, they mixed it. Uh, when they would give it to volunteers, they would mix marijuana into candy and salad dressing. <laughs> and now but that's dr- what they're doing now to, and selling it to people? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, they, they stopped <laughs> that research quickly when they would send a soldier into war and... Uh, <laughs> And say, and the soldier would say to the enemy, you know, yeah. you fill in How your you hippie doing, joke man? here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, this is not groovy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also. Sorry. Dosed, um, I had to do it. <laughs> they dosed mental patients with cocaine. Right. Uh, then came heroin, which researchers paid student volunteers a dollar an hour to ingest. That's a they, pretty good they, deal. They experimented on. <laughs> What? So they'd say to students, uh, for a dollar an hour, will you try this thing? And some student would be like, golly gee, yeah, because it was the 50s. And then he'd have to eat heroin. I'll do it, but will I be uh, back in time for the big game? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the sock hop? And then he shows up at the sock hop (laughs) looking like... uh, you know, like train spotting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) After they experimented on all those mental patients by feeding them cocaine... All of those mental patients went on to create Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on fire today. You got to admit with the dad jokes. (laughs) Uh, But the drug that really gripped 
Gottlieb was LSD. It's pretty wild. I'm, uh, yeah. You know, all this talk about LSD reminds me of that Beatles song. I saw her standing there. <laughs> <laughs> We're in fucking That's on fire. The yeah. awful tale, the psychedelic <laughs> hallucinatory tale of a man freaking out and seeing a woman across the room. Yeah. Who's yeah. 17. Yeah. The scariest age. Um, did Gottlieb uh, open up the doors of perception himself? He did. Okay. He did. Um, I'll, t- I'll mention that. But uh, okay. he actually said later that he tried LSD himself over 200 times, he thinks. Eh, wow. Probably like 200 times. Yeah. That's when he was a roadie with the uh, Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so LSD... Jerry uh, Garcia's raindrops are flooding my mind. <laughs> what? Uh, LSD, otherwise known as acid as we mentioned, had had only been around (laughs) for a decade at this point. Um, It had been suggested as a cure for things like schizophrenia or alcoholism or criminal behavior, but basically at this point in the 50s, most Americans had no idea what LSD was or that it existed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Gottlieb, well, there was that one episode of Leave it to Beaver (laughs) where uh, Wally, Mm. uh, he took a tab. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure in Abbott and Costello's Who's on First, one of them is on LSD. Yeah. I told you he's on first. What's wrong with you? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm seeing all kinds of shit. Yeah. Abbott, your face (laughs) is turning into a sunflower. (laughs) No, I already told you. Who's on first? What, yeah, what's on third? Just tell me what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I don't care anymore who's playing baseball. Beep beep. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> so Gottlieb, uh, Gottlieb wanted to discover how much LSD a human being could take. Could there be a breaking point? A dose so massive that it would shatter the mind and blast away consciousness, um, leaving a void into which new impulses or even a new personality could be implanted? Sounds like what happened to Sid Barrett for all the Pink Floyd heads <laughs> out there. Did he get messed up from LSD? Yeah, the Pink Floyd was so good. And then Sid Barrett just kind of lost. He was kind of doing tabs of acid every day. And he might have even had a predisposed predisposition towards mental health illness uh, or something like in this but he they had to kick him out yeah like Sid Barrett of Pink Floyd and who's the the original Rocky. guitarist in Fleetwood Mac Peter Green oh yeah uh, and Rocky Erickson Rocky of the Erickson. 13th Floor Elevators are like famous examples of like actual like guys who like broke their brains possibly from yeah. too much acid uh, based on what I've read it seems like it's a risky thing to do um, actually I'll be honest uh for real, the reason why I didn't try it as a kid, and a bunch of my close friends were doing it, and I really wanted to have the courage to do it, but a little bit younger before before I was at the age where they were doing it, um, my mo- mom told me the story about a relative who did it and freaked the F out, and the parents had to take her to the hospital. And I guess, thanks, Mom, that story freaked no, me out enough mom, that I was like... Good parenting. Yeah. Because maybe you would have done it and freaked out. I'm sure I would. Have you talked to me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm already tripping. (laughs) Yeah. No. uh, So there you go. Like, mom, if you're listening. Shout out to Chris's mom. 
I could have done acid, man. You blew it. <laughs> so uh, the idea was they wanted to wipe a mind clean to then implant a new yes. New there's a f- it seems like there was a few things going on. Um, totally rebuild a person. Uh, yeah. Truth serum. Hmm. You know, brain like make brainwashing people into doing things they wouldn't do otherwise. Like they had seemed right. to had a lot of goals within right. this. And what a lot of the listeners don't know right now is well, how can they fully tell? the truth about their what's going on in their patients' minds because the patients are tripping, so they could be saying anything. Well, the, the uh, CIA experimenters would get in a little submarine-like spaceship, shrink it down, and be injected into the patient, and then drive around the patient's mind to see its thoughts, too, to see how much they were telling the truth. Like, inner space was basically... The screenplay for that film was written by the CIA. Yeah, and Fantastic Voyage. And they'd play that song. Yeah. Ooh-wee, ooh-wee, baby, don't you want me to take you on a sea cruise in your brain, in your brain cruise? Yeah. Um, We're going on a cruise, Christopher. Oh, where? Into your brain. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, no, there's listeria on the salad. <laughs> Everyone gets sick on a cruise in your brain. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're barfing in my brain. <laughs> Something stinks coming out of your nose. Um, so I'll mention it, 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 We're on acid. I'll mention a couple of examples of Gottlieb. Some of the darker things he did. Oh, shit. According to the Daily Mail, in 1951, Gottlieb and fellow CIA scientists flew to Tokyo where four Japanese people who were suspected of working for the Russians had been secretly brought. Okay. They were injected God. with... Can a I just say the world is so complicated? Great point. Yeah, it's a very gray area we're at here with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. Is it wrong? Is it right? These these people were injected with a host of depressants and stimulants, interrogated, then shot and dumped into Tokyo Bay. So there's okay. the moral gray. And area. how did they behave after they were shot and dumped? <laughs> Let's study that. Did the scientists <laughs> monitor Let's do that this LSD and think about that? What if we give a person ten sheets of acid and then shoot them in the brain? <laughs> Will the acid come out and create a new galaxy? (laughs) So they then flew to Seoul, did the same experiment on 25 North Korean prisoners of war who refused to denounce communism, and they were also all executed. You Um, guys really have to see Manchurian Candidate. It's totally based on this paranoia. Yeah. So from 1952 to 1953, Dulles and Gottlieb had scores of, quote, expendables. These were usually suspected spies or moles. Right. And these expendables were brought to a safe house in Germany. Well, yeah, I've seen it. Dolph Lundgren, Stallone, <laughs> Jason Statham. Oh, don't forget Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey yeah. Grammer, a classic tough guy actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John Travolta. No, that's Wild Hogs. <laughs> or Wild Tim Hogs Allen. part of the Martin Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Martin Lawrence, yeah. <laughs> so they... Would Wal- do this? Walter Matthau, Jack Lemon, or <laughs> Grumpy Old Man. Shoot. Shit. <laughs> so then MK Ultra scientists experimented on Grumpy Old Man. <laughs> <clears throat> if we give them acid, will Sophia Loren fall in love with them? Um, Sorry, James. No, not at all. So, we're, so in this safe house in Germany, these expendables were fed vast quantities of drugs, uh, subjected to electroconvulsive shocks, all with the goal of altering their minds. Uh, memos from the time 
revealed that it, it was expected that most of the people wouldn't survive this. They knew that this would kill most people. Now, nice. Can I ask, and I don't know if you found this in your research, were this, was the Soviet Union doing mind control experiments as well? Like, was that part of question, an arms race as because well? Because I didn't get to that, but I wonder, did, isn't there a thing that the Soviet Union was trying to teach people ESP? Probably. I don't know, it's but I thought so I'd heard that. It's so bizarre how mid... Uh, 20th century it's like post Carl Jung Freud psychology stuff and they just went bonkers doing these like yeah it's like mysticism hadn't fully been dispelled yet yeah <laughs> and so they s- tried to literally find out magic by d- pushing the psy- the psyche of people to the max but also Mike remember that Adam Curtis yes I was documentary gonna- about how, like, I think he kind of reveals, you know, it's his opinion, these documentaries, but how the USSR was kind of like, had no clue about the uh, mythology of what they were like, according to what America made so how up. they were perceived. Yeah, how they were perceived. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's interesting. Right. You know, I was actually thinking of oh. an, another Adam Curtis documentary, okay. the recent one. He talks about the origin of conspiracy theories. Yeah. And he... He point pick, he basically said like before the seventies, I think the conspiracy theories were not really a thing. But in the seventies, it was revealed that the government was doing crazy stuff, yeah, right. legitimately. And that's <laughs> and now here we are today, where it's ruining people's lives and it's kind of ruining the world in a way. Conspiracy yeah. theories, and I would venture that this things like this specifically probably didn't help. Didn't help. Yeah. No, but it's this, yeah. should watch that series because it's really f- sadly funny about how like. The whole idea of the Illuminati was made up by two dudes as like, a joke, pulling in a Playboy gag. Playboy magazine, and right. people to this day are still like, "It's the Illuminati," yeah. and they right. buy the books that are like, "It's the Illuminati." Right. But yeah, I think the one about like yeah, Russia or uh, USSR not being aware of how they're perceived by the states is the power of nightmares. Uh, interesting. I think that one's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. But, yeah, but okay. yeah, it was a, philo- a philosopher wrote a. Uh, 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 ironic sarcastic article in playboy blaming everything on the illuminati because he thought it was so stupid no one it's like an obvious joke and then that was like kind of the birth of that as an as a massive conspiracy idea it's really interesting anyway so listeners i'm really dumb but i love adam curtis documentaries so actually i'm really smart (laughs) (laughs) so these expendables were killed and their bodies burned not to be a downer um well another thing i wanted to ask is because you are talking about the the methods that uh, Sidney Gottlieb did, uh, you know, in these experiments that could be perceived as evil. But did he have any kind of like compassion or empathy for his subjects? Like, it where seems, was he on that scale? I don't know at the time, but it seems as though he did later in life. <laughs> okay. So um, after eighteen months of Project Artichoke. Uh, and experimenting with LSD and drugs on people, Gottlieb was frustrated. None of these were giving them a truth serum, and they often hindered interrogation rather than helped. But because Gottlieb had this connection with Dulles, (laughs) he knew Dulles would approve anything he wanted to to do, so he, he increased his ambitions. Gottlieb hatched a new idea that gave him authority over all CIA research into mind control. With this project... He would not only be free to test every imaginable drug and technique on expendables and prisons abroad, he 
would also be allowed to feed LSD to witting and unwitting Americans. Hmm. Gottlieb was about to launch the most systematic and widest-ranging mind control project ever undertaken by any government. That was called Project MK Ultra. And this is Freaky. in the late 50s? or the 53. 53. So this is the, <laughs> the golden age that America likes to look back yeah. to as being like, this is when things were simpler and yeah. everyone was nice. <laughs> and it's funny, yeah. too, because if you look up Gottlieb, he looks like a... 50, you know, like he's an accountant Charles in the fifty fifties, yeah. yeah. And um, boy, he was up to some stuff. Right. Um, I just want to say another quick thing. This is another tale told by a friend, but their friend, when they were kids in high school or shortly after, it was like young guy. Someone jokingly slipped acid into his sandwich. Really? And so he started tripping out and didn't know why, and they were laughing. And that's finally, bad. like when he came back down or whatever from tripping out, like. They explained to him it was a practical gag or whatever. Um, totally, this kind of thing freaks me the fuck out. But now, honestly, for the rest of this guy's life so far, as my friend told me, he deconstructs his sandwich before he eats it every time looking for acid because it was so traumatic. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Does he, when he goes to... Freak me out. I don't mean to be disrespectful, that. but when he goes to like Subway, as he's like, mm-hmm. I'll get the, the <laughs> Italian sub, uh, extra uh, pepperoni, extra salami, hold the acid. <laughs> yeah. Did you hold the acid? Yes. I still don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we don't... It's not one of the condiments we offer him. Mm-hmm. I you know. wouldn't want to be in the same room with him when he gets a grilled cheese, because that doesn't look great. <laughs> no. Opening that up. That doesn't look good. No. Wow. So, uh... So, yeah, basically now Gottlieb could give anyone acid, whether they knew it or not. And the government was like, okay. Apparently this guy, before he performs fellatio on his girlfriend, too, (laughs) he searches for acid in there. (laughs) I don't think it's called fellatio on a woman. (laughs) Really? What's it called? Oh, cunnilingus, uh, right. Fellatio is when you suck a cock. (laughs) Suck a cock. So now he's got... Carte blanche to just be blanche Mr. Acid. Yeah, yeah okay. pretty much. Did the ancient Latin create cunnilingus and fellatio, those words? <laughs> uh, yeah, Is that from know. ancient Rome? I have no idea. We got to get, a, gotta get, to get an intern this. on this. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah, MK Ultra, 1953. Um, many of the, uh, the MK Ultra tests were conducted at universities, hospitals, or prisons um, in the United States and also Canada. Yes. Hey, take off, eh? Montreal, my, <laughs> <laughs> my hometown. Yes. Makes me feel great. Hey. Great city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and by the way, remember our Unabomber. Unabomber? <laughs> Unabomber, <laughs> I meant. Always remember the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> You're the fucking Unabomber, aren't you? Um, remember it, uh, the Unabomber did those weird tests in university that... Might have fucked up his mind and led to becoming a Unabomber. It is speculated, but not proven, that that might have been part of MKUltra. Yes. Okay, so it might have created the Unabomber. I do know, I read John Ronson's book about psychopaths or whatever, and he had a really great section on um, the doctor in out west in Canada who had a bunch of like mentally deranged serial killers and men prone to violence and basically would feed them acid over and over again. Oh, wow. And basically trying to blast their brains into a a world of peace 
and calm. Wow. Interesting. Was, yeah, that was here in Canada. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember the specific details, but it, John Ronson does a good cover of it in that book. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Um, Coverage of it. <clears> so Dulles described MK Ultra in his speech as the new battlefield of brain warfare and the battle for controlling the human mind. Um, oh, the me. book is called The Psychopath Test. Oh, okay. Gottlieb. <laughs> I'm bad at this today, James. I'm ruining it up. No, you're not. Okay. I want to read that. It's called So You Think You're a Psychopath? <laughs> uh, Gottlieb selected multiple researchers and scientists to get going mm-hmm. on these projects and report their findings to him. Um, and these uh, tests included, yeah, non consensual people. Yeah, Fudge. again, the, the goal was to figure out a way to control people's minds in the fight against communism because it seems that that goal seems for to freedom. Be, for freedom, yeah, right. It for democracy and freedom. <laughs> that goal <laughs> seems to be sort of like uh, yeah. disappearing into the distance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so, so funny <laughs> is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, like those communists, you know, they can't think for themselves. They have to do what the government says. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, let us uh, annihilate your mind. (laughs) It's funny, too, because we're at this stage now in 2022. And uh, especially on Twitter, um, hardcore conservative Republicans are accidentally angrily tweeting out that they would love socialism. Like, you know, stuff to help with... uh, the the pricing boom of living, the right. cost of living. Right, right. Uh, remember, who was that guy? Oh, no, it was Kevin Sorbo. Is right. that the guy? Yes, Hercules. Who, who tweeted like, oh, how you got to think, makes you think, why is... Uh, was it him? I can't remember if it was it, him. It was. He kind of made an argument for socialized health care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, they've fully come around to, like, the most conservative Americans are basically asking for <laughs> communist style, or at least socialist style. Sorry, I'm rambling today. Not at all. There's a writer called Stephen Kinzer who wrote a book about this, and he said this team Gottlieb put together was made up of obsessed chemists, cold-hearted spymasters, grim torturers, hypnotists, <laughs> electroshockers, and Nazi doctors. Um, so really, they like this was part of that post-war thing yeah. where they had German war criminals working yeah. to help in the fight against communism. Yeah. Um, so a safe house was established in Greenwich Village in New York cool. where unsuspecting victims were lured and doped with LSD. You love New York, Mike. Yeah. I love New York. Yeah. You know, it's got pizza. Expensive, it's got, though. It was expensive. It's got pizza, taxis, okay. jazz, safe <laughs> houses where mind control <laughs> experiments can happen. Um, so now Gottlieb, you know, he's got a new kind of expendables. It's not just spies and stuff. He's... <laughs> luring basically like drug users and petty criminals into these safe houses and giving them LSD. Oh, well, who cares about those people? (laughs) Well, (laughs) that was their argument. They wouldn't be missed, you know, in their opinion. Um, There's some really dark stuff, too. There was another project where children between 6 and 11 who'd been diagnosed with schizophrenia were given LSD every day. God. Also mentally ill children. Really, really, really And this didn't help? It doesn't seem as though right. it did as far as I okay. saw. Um, Gottlieb, weird guy, too. Uh, according to an article I read... He the, CIA, the CIA never tried to condition anybody with like love. Well, maybe Gottlieb thought that, because listen to this. Oh, my God. Gottlieb at work was known to spike colleagues' coffee with LSD. And um, watching his colleagues get high, he would sometimes dance a jig. <laughs> is this that, is according to is Stephen that, Kinzer. 
Uh, he loves folk, folk dancing. dancing. So, yes, so it all comes together. Yeah, I wonder what kind of folk dancing. Just, Irish, Russian. Uh, yeah. Well, Jake, he was. Yeah. He was raised, I think, um, Orthodox Jew. So maybe I don't know An, a traditional Jewish jig. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now, imagine your boss. So you're freaking out, and you're like, "What is happening? Everything's fuck. Like, I, yeah. my vision's all weird. I'm my senses are all amped up." And your boss is going like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What is going on here? Case of the Mondays. So this is all super secretive. All, all, basically, right. hardly anybody knows this is going on. Right. Um, uh, and he's like crushing the human psyche of all these people. So right. um, a really notorious example of harm he caused was this guy Frank Olson. Uh, Frank Olson was an army bacterial bacteriologist, and uh, he went to a retreat, like a CIA retreat, and uh, did not know he would be given LSD. Right. And Olson and some other people there were served a glass of um, Cointreau. Wait, what's his name? Frank what? Olson. Okay. Think like Olson twins, but right. it's one guy and way less hot. <laughs> um, so... Olsen gets given a glass of alcohol, and after 20 minutes, Gottlieb goes, hey, is anyone feeling odd? And some people go, actually, yes, I am. And, and Gottlieb says, so well, doing a jig. yeah, your drinks have been spiked with LSD. Olsen was really upset. He became agitated, confused, couldn't separate reality from fantasy. Mm. Um, the next morning, he's still disoriented and agitated. And a few days later... He jumped out a hotel window and so died. So this—that's why I asked. This is what uh, Jesus Errol Morris's documentary series was about. That I—that's I think is still up on uh, Netflix. You gotta watch it. It's a bunch of series. It's about this guy, and uh, Errol Morris really like uh, dissects the whole story about him. That's interesting. It's wow. really yeah. good. Oh so, wow. Yeah, there, point, there definitely seemed like a lot about Frank Olson. I really boiled it down. So at this point, Gottlieb is so out of control, he's even just like messing with his own staff in the CIA, which yeah. uh, seems odd. Yeah. Yeah. And this is interesting. Wormwood is what it's called. Wormwood. Did you see it? Oh, okay. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So years later in the 80s, Olson, his kids showed up at Gottlieb's door, kind of like, what the fuck? Uh-oh. And uh, this is like from what his kids said. They said that Gottlieb said, quote, I'm so happy you don't have a weapon. I had a dream last night. You all arrived at this door and shot me. The kids were really taken aback. And later, they came to marvel at Gottlieb's manipulative power. They said, quote, Before we even got through the door, we were apologizing to him and reassuring him. It was a brilliant and sophisticated way of turning the whole thing around. What? Um, by the way, it's worth noting that Olson's son, he actually doesn't believe... LSD killed his dad. He thinks because his dad was uncomfortable with the horrible technique, so he thinks the CIA murdered his dad. Right. Yeah. You got to watch Wormwood. Got to watch Wormwood. Uh, so we're, we're closing in here. Did uh, Gottlieb, when the kids uh, arrived, like shake their hands and then they're like, oh, he like smeared acid on their hands. He started <laughs> yeah, doing a jig while they're like, we're so sorry. Like, a leprechaun, <laughs> like an evil leprechaun. Um, oh, I'm so glad you guys didn't kill me. Here, take these weird donuts. <laughs> Thank you. As a gift. Yeah, these uh, Timber. Water bits. under the bridge. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, Gottlieb was trying to create a way to control, to seize control of people's minds. Right. Um, 
blast away the existing mind and find a way to build a new one. Uh, according to Stephen Kinsner, he figured out how to blast away the mind, but he never quite figured out how to build up a new one, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the writer Stephen Kinsner said, you know, we don't know how many people died, but a number did, and many lives were permanently destroyed. And a lot of these things happened in, like, uh, initially, like, in different countries where maybe they weren't, yeah. they weren't recorded properly. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. It's really horrible. This is a weird little tidbit. Remember The Departed? Yeah. Remember Jack Nicholson? Yes. Mm-hmm. He was loosely based on this gangster named Whitey Bulger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look mm-hmm. at this. Mr. Whitey Bulger <laughs> was a test subject for MK Ultra in prison. Really? He was. Uh, Whitey Bulger Imagine said... Imagine an Irishman on <laughs> LSD. just seems so so wild. And you know what? It seems yeah. fun. They're, yeah. they're good people. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they like to have fun. Yeah. Maybe that's where leprechauns came from. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Whitey Bulger wrote, quote, I had a total loss of appetite, hallucinating. The room would change shape, hours of paranoia and feeling violent. We experienced horrible periods of living nightmares and even blood coming out of the walls. Guys turning to skeletons in front of me. I saw a camera change into the head of a dog. I felt like I was going insane. Sounds like The Shining, also starring Jack Nicholson. Oh, my (laughs) God. Here's Um, acid. (laughs) Here's acid. All acid and no anything else makes Johnny a bad boy. Boy. Um... (laughs) So we're we're kind of <laughs> near the end here. There's one other re- really weird one. He's a psychopathic, free, like murderer. Like it's certainly vast numbers of dead bodies. Yeah, uh, underneath this guy. Yep, and he didn't help or change anything except maybe learn that none of that works. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And was there no ever review of like, let's see what you've been working on for the last few months? Yeah, where were like- his bosses? <laughs> because it was so secret. I think he like operated right. it. I, be- I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure. Right. The only reason we even know about MKUltra is because of Watergate. Oh. Yeah. Because Gottlieb destroyed, like they destroyed a lot of this evidence, but in Watergate they found receipts about like MKUltra. What the fuck is that? Right. And then he had to be questioned about it. And I believe that's how the Olsons found out. How are the experiments going, uh, Gottlieb? Uh, Nothing works. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, one other weird little sub-project of MKUltra was called Project Midnight Climax. Sounds like a Cinemax movie. That sounds cool. Well, it was kind of cool, I guess. It was in 1954 in San Francisco and New York. And what they do is they hired female sex workers to... Lure men into a house. Okay. And in that house, the men were given, like, LSD. And then the, the sex workers were told to, like, question the men after sex to see if the LSD did anything. Wow. And they were sometimes fed subliminal messages. Anyway, mm. this was all monitored through <laughs> one-way glass or two-way glass, I guess. Mm. I'll and, have to um, watch those... Uh yeah. Well, next time, Chris, you get lured into a... Oh, I thought you were going to say, I'll have to watch out for that next time you get to oh, LSD. Yeah. Do you think the agents on the other side of the glass were like, this is good. We're defending America right now. Well, we're just watching a guy freak out having sex with... <laughs> and get you know how, like, these days, like, cocaine heads are like, ah, you got to watch out now. There's fentanyl in the, some of the cocaine. Yeah. Got to be careful. Like, back then, they were like, 
ah, there's acid in the whorehouses. You got to watch out which one you go to. Yeah, or there's two-way mirrors in the, <laughs> in the brothels. Ah, you're crazy. Yeah. We'll CIA <laughs> scientists are watching my butt go up and down. Yeah, well, get this. There was a CIA agent named George White who was one of the dudes watching the sex behind the mirror. Jacking and it's, off? Yeah, basically. It's implied that he was. it was a full-on voyeuristic thing for him, and he'd drink martinis and watch this sex. Wow. Not only that, but Stephen Kinzer says that these, the operatives, the CIA operatives involved in this were all doing drugs and having sex with the sex workers, too. So what, oh, what was my this? God. What was the point of this <laughs> I don't program? Know. They were trying exactly. To make a it's literally... It was like... <laughs> That's true, Mike. A free-range <laughs> lunatics let loose to pretend to have a job. It does feel like that. Like... It almost feels like someone who's probably really smart, who's like, maybe LSD could do this, and it blatantly didn't, wasn't working for years, and they just yeah. let him do it. It's crazy. Welcome to uh, the Mission Midnight Climax. Uh, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave your inhibitions at the door. <laughs> and this just this is the same organization, the CIA, that is now on Twitter tweeting for like Martin Luther King Day or like yes. tweeting like Merry Christmas or tweeting like we it is our duty to keep America safe. It's yeah. like the same it same organization. It's really, really <laughs> weird. I, I had to like double check so much of the stuff because I'm like, is that true? Right. Um so the CIA experimented with L S D on people until nineteen sixty three. Okay. Uh, in '63, yeah. uh, a guy named John Vance learned about learned that they were doing tests on unwitting people. And is that what happened to JFK? He just took too much LSD and his <laughs> head exploded that day. Yeah, we're just seeing how it felt to take the LSD. <laughs> um, so this guy was like, "This is wrong. You can't do this." Right. And he brought all programs with non-consenting volunteers to an end. Hey. Um, now this is a weird little thing. So Gottlieb isn't doing Project MK Ultra anymore, but Gottlieb tried to reinvent himself after, which is good. It's good to reinvent yourself. Yeah. Like look mm-hmm. at the Chili Peppers. Run away from your dark path. Yeah. And but he wanted to become like a real life Q from James Bond, <laughs> so he devoted himself to making all these gadgets. Um, this is a pen that doubles as a tab of acid, Mike. That you can. You uh, are not far <laughs> off, my friend. <laughs> Gottlieb proposed uh, spraying Fidel Castro's television studio with LSD. This oh. is an umbrella that when you open it, <laughs> gin falls on your head. Yeah. What if we replace his water bottle it's with It's just party gin? favors in all these like <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. This camera, uh, it can shoot cigarettes. <laughs> um, Gottlieb also thought, I guess, I don't know why he thought this would be a good one, but he thought it would be great if... He could make Castro's beard fall uh, fall out, so he he ta- suggested saturating Castro's right. shoes with thallium. Now that is, idea is yeah. is that because th- he was so associated with iconically with the beard that he would be humiliated and emasculated, and the people of Cuba <laughs> would turn on him, and there would be a counter revolution because their leader didn't have a beard anymore. I genuinely believe that so could stupid. have been possible <laughs> because Who's yeah, this guy who the boo, hell. Boo. <laughs> and then like they send an American dimples. guy with a big beard like I am your leader now <laughs> yeah really just um, the beard yeah. and I think the acid thing welcome too, to democracy they wanted to spray acid over Cuba also to no. to like mind control Cubans into like turn against wow. communism or whatever wow um, so much acid they back then yeah 
Uh, Lots to give away. And Mike, like your joke, Gottlieb had schemes uh, he pitched <laughs> to assassinate Castro with a poison cigar, a poison wetsuit, and a, an exploding conch shell, and a poisonous fountain pen. So just he was like the one behind all of those funny assassination stories. I just <sighs> want like to it. tell you guys that coming from scratch as comedians, actors, writers, pod now podcasters, yeah, we could also pick up in it, like inanimate objects and put poison in them. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the best. And make them explode. It, would, it wouldn't PhD be too hard to do to this. Put poison on his toothbrush. Uh, I'm like you. So what else does he have? He's got a phone. We put uh, poison on his phone. Uh, <laughs> What's what books he reading? Yeah. yeah, you know what? Why don't you put poison on the cover? <laughs> now, Mister Bond, when you when you approach Blofeld, I want you to hand him this giant conch. He won't see the explosion coming. <laughs> How the hell do I bring a conch shell with me, Q? <laughs> you know, like, uh, well, I don't know. You're eccentric. <laughs> yeah. Can't you fit a bomb into like a, a button on my jacket? <laughs> it's got to be a huge conch shell, Bond. <laughs> Stop asking with me. Asking uh, with me. It's a reference to Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Um, Say, you need the conch to talk, Blofeld. <laughs> it's a delicious <laughs> reference. Um, Gottlieb also played a role in the CIA's attempt to assassinate Prime Minister Patrice Lumumba of Congo. Uh, he yeah. took a vial of poison to Congo with plans to put it on Lumumba's toothbrush in 1960. How does he come up with them? What if I put poison on a toothbrush. You genius. Now, I just want to come What here. if I put acid in all of these guys' heads? It didn't work? Dump him. He's not fucking smart. Yeah, you're right. So, uh... So uh, Gottlieb retires in 73. Get rid of the bodies <laughs> of my mistakes. <laughs> and uh, he retired saying he didn't believe his work had been effective. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I guess I can see why he would think that because nothing he ever <laughs> attempted really bore any fruit. Any way, the any only <laughs> thing he did was ruin people's lives or kill them. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Um, huh. Oops. He had an interesting, I'll just briefly mention his retirement. Then he reinvented himself as a disco dad. <laughs> oh no! Like it's, it's just poison like, on my records. Uh, it's, it's just like he's a dumb idiot that does anything. I wonder if the LS I don't want. I mean, if the CIA is listening to this, I don't think anyone who has worked for you is dumb. Uh, I'm scared of you. Okay. <laughs> I, I wonder if the LSD did affect him because in his retirement, he and his wife boarded a freighter from San Francisco to Australia. And they traveled the world doing volunteer work and seeking spiritual fulfillment. He and his wife ran a leper colony in India for 18 months. Interesting. Did he give them acid so they thought their uh, <laughs> arms drew back and shit? <laughs> seems like a little, like, uh, a too little too late situation there where he's got an eye on God going like, uh, I'm doing uh, nice things now. Yeah, it's like, and, uh, it's like when you see OJ tweeting something good now. You're like, well... But God understands MK Ultra. He was watching, going like, "I understand. <laughs> You're trying to rejig the whole brain I invented." 
I understand why you're standing behind this two-way glass watching a man have sex, <laughs> and you're drinking martinis and laughing. Uh, of course I understand. Um, yeah, so, like, basically because of, of uh, Watergate, he was called back to Washington in the mid-70s to testify about all this. People thought he might go to jail, but it never happened. Right. Uh, and uh, Gottlieb was described later in life as a destroyed man, riddled with guilt. Um, That's good. Aw, you okay? He later <laughs> moved back into the Virginia mountains in a cabin where he could enjoy his two hobbies, folk dancing and breeding goats. And torturing unsuspecting <laughs> yeah. Americans. Yeah. My God, this guy got yeah. off pretty easy, eh? And if there's one little bonus, it later in life he worked in a hospice looking after dying people. Again. Would he slip some uh, yeah. acid into their I insurer mean, or whatever that, that <laughs> nutritional stuff is? Yeah. When do you want to die? Let me know. Gottfried, Gottlieb died in uh, <laughs> Gottlieb died in 1999, just three years after Pinkerton was released. <laughs> so I'm tired. Do, 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 do. So tired. I hear that he didn't. He's one of those people who didn't get Pinkerton. Yeah, Not I know, which is frustrating. Is it? Yeah. He kind of ruined his their so later albums because he wouldn't be personal anymore. Yeah. People never say this about Weezer. But they're like, what happened to them? They keep yeah. thinking of, uh, what's his name? As Rivers the, Cuomo. As Rivers as the leader, yeah. which he is. But they clearly changed when the one guy left. Matt Sharp. Matt yeah. Sharp. Yeah, I think Matt Sharp was kept it kind of cool. And then without that influence, it was tricky. Yeah. and <laughs> But but no... In your, I know you're a crazy Weezer fan that <laughs> checks everything out. Yeah. And, you, and so is DDP. And, but like... <laughs> Why did he leave after their gigantic albums? Well, well, actually, Pinkerton was bombed at first, yeah. which is crazy because that, it's right? amazing. It is amazing. Mm. El Scorcho. Oh, that song's the best. But I love. I'm tired of having sex. <laughs> oh, that's it's a great so song. good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's the life of <laughs> that. Anyway, <laughs> that's a button on the life of Sidney Gottlieb. Yeah, and Weezer, and Weezer, and Chili Peppers. Yeah. So he lived to see. Blood sugar sex magic, <clears throat> yep. one hot minute probably, and yep. um, the All Conehead soundtrack. <laughs> I wonder if he saw Coneheads. He did some acid in his popcorn, and he was like, "These Coneheads are, are wild." <laughs> well, maybe if you're on acid, the Coneheads look like normal heads. <laughs> I, I, what I do know, I don't, I don't know exactly how acid became synonymous with the San Francisco music scene, but I do know that. The guy who was known to, to like make the best acid was one of the Grateful Dead's roadies. Wow, who was nice, famous around the music scene for for that, uh, and also that Sherman Hemsley from the Jeffersons and Amen was a huge prog rock fan and <gasps> loved acid as well. Huh? What a long, Based on, like uh, strange trip it's been. I've never done LSD, <laughs> as I mentioned, but based on what I've read, I mean, it seems like a really risky thing to do to your mind. I mean, I guess maybe yes. people are listening and they're like, "That's fucking bullshit." But I don't know. I've uh, never. There's a lot of. I guess. I guess. Um, Sydney. You know, was people that love it. Their brains, with. and they're also pretty bizarre people. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's. Maybe that explains it. I was always, as a child, teen. I was afraid of breaking my mind and never coming back. Looking back, mm. I had the same a bit thing. of a control like, freak I, thing, maybe, but mm-hmm. I had the same like thoughts of like, what if I ruin my mind, then I ruin my life? In the end, wouldn't it really made much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I still would have gotten to this point in my life, but and I would have had a bit more fun. <laughs> I think that way too. It's like, listeners, if you're listening and you're still young in your 20s or something, get loose, baby. Have fun. Get loose. Say yes to the dress. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's also, it's funny that like this was all happening when there was like, seems to be no checks and balances and they had, they were able to, he was able to do whatever he wanted when drug use and drug possession among regular Americans was heavily punished and like yeah, obviously there were oh my God. they were the right. CIA so they didn't operate like, within the law was this but. the same time as like the cannabis panic or whatever no that was earlier right um it was around uh, that it had been earlier the like the um uh what's it called the famous movie reefer madness reefer madness and because it is yeah. absolutely crazy like this whole story feels like one of those things once you learn about it you're kind of like how how are people not just always talking about this all the time and how are you supposed to trust then like we were talking about before in conspiracy thinking how are you not supposed to just assume that (laughs) these these organizations have the worst intentions yeah (laughs) like all the time yeah well the cia you know has that connection with uh, cocaine and crack coming into the the get, you know the ghettos right, of America right. in the eighties, yeah. right? And that was not an experiment to see if they would become super soldiers. <laughs> and also, you know, it was really sad and devastating. Yeah, and that was also still happening during the Cold War. So instead of instead of addressing the the causes of like unrest in America to show that America was better than the Soviet Union, they were like, no, we're just gonna like make things even crazier. Yeah, we're gonna. You're so right, Mike. Control. I never thought of it zoomed out like that. But if the goal is to f- fight th- that communism might come, what a crazy way to <laughs> to do that. That is, it's really funny when you when you zoom it out like that. But this well, is you. why <laughs> we know now that Gorbachev was always right and America oh. was wrong. We were brainwashed by American ideals, but it was fake all along. They were just as that, controlling that, uh, and devastating as possible. That, birth, that birthmark on his forehead was actually just a big, flat, <laughs> red tab of acid. Yeah, that's you know why. Sweat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why you'd always see hippies licking his head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Russian uh, Soviet hippies. What a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> Should we evilometer it up? Let's bring out the psychedelic evilometer, and it's uh, it's painted all sorts of uh, it's like day glow <laughs> colors, and it's acid wash. And um, I think America should be put to the evilometer by the end of this episode for their double standards. I yeah. agree. I agree with you. I agree. Um, bring it out, M- Mike. Oh yeah. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta. Bring it out quick, eh? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a little longer, so you think. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first? I would I would love to go first. And it's actually an honor to be asked to be the first uh, person to write uh, today's subject. What's his first name? Sidney. Sidney Gottlieb. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give him like a nine here. It seems like he uh, was... Uh, t- he was given far too much power without oversight and his instincts were bad Yeah, and he lost sight of his goals and uh, definitely had people killed in Germany and Japan um, yeah. and South Korea and yeah. uh, ruined a lot of people's lives. It is funny, the idea maybe of uh, watching, just having a party while you're watching people at the other end of 
uh, two way mirror, you know, having sex. <laughs> I can see the humor in that, but yeah. um, I think it's it's also <laughs> bad. Uh, I give him a nine. Okay. Now the only good thing about him is he does a jig, and yeah, and he had a leper colony. Yes. Yeah. And he was fun with the gadgets and everything. Mm-hmm, I guess mm-hmm. I'm going to give him a seven point seven. Okay. Because I, you know, there is a moral gray area, I suppose, on doing things for a greater good, I guess. And maybe that's that was his initial idea. But ultimately, you're completely right, Mike. He um, just was basically torturing people at a point and clearly not working. And uh, it was incredibly hypocritical. <laughs> Chris? Yeah, I'm going to give him eight. And you basically said that the point I was going to make is like, he... Tr- Yes, he he trashed so many people's lives. So many. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, just devastating, uh, terrible, sad. And like you said, Mike, unchecked. Didn't even seem to have a boss, practically. <laughs> um, I mean, but it would have been fun to be him. I'm not going to lie. You know, he had no supervision. <laughs> he gave, yeah. he's, he snuck acid into his friend's sandwich and then danced in front of them going, hee, hee, hee. But anyways, <laughs> you're right, though. There must be, like, an idiot's uh, sort of reasoning in his mind, like, I'm doing this for the good of my country, right? which is stupid, but doesn't seem to be as masochistic, maybe. Sadistic? Oh, uh, sorry, sadistic, yeah. yeah. You're right. And uh, he's, but still an eight, like, you fucking, he's a psycho. Is it, yeah. Is it he's that- a stupid psycho. Is it because during the Cold War... stupid psycho sexy. (laughs) (laughs) You get an eight for being stupid psycho. (laughs) I wonder if it's because during the Cold War, the fear was so real that there was this, like, race that, like, all whatever conventional morality was just out the window, and it was like, we will do whatever it takes to try and, like, come on top, and I don't know. It's funny because the Cold War was a brainwashing effect on... America as a whole. And so like with the brain, like the manipulation of the concept of coming together against this global fight against communism created this little, little sex trying to practice like other brainwashing techniques. It's like brainwashed people trying to brainwash other people. Yeah. Yeah. True. You can only wash your brain so many times before you. You you know what? (laughs) I actually ruined an undersheet recently. It got a hole in the, a rip in it. And I thought, fuck, I washed this sheet too many times. I brainwashed my brains. Yes. You wash it too many times, you'll get a hole in it where your feet go. Yeah. (laughs) I brainwashed my sheet too hard. (laughs) Uh, Well. Well, thank you for telling us the unsettling, uh, but also psychedelic story. Oh, you're welcome. I I hope it wasn't too much info. I, it was. There was so much uh, yeah. out there about it. It's really good. And Can I just leave with this one thought? Absolutely. It's weird how you actually can't take your brain out of your head and wash it and put it back. Right. Because I feel like mine has crumb, chip crumbs on it and all kinds of weird pieces of yarn and stuff. I would love to wash it someday. Mm. Do, you Some- think, do you think uh, your mind could... Like, do you think there's a difference between your mind and your body, your mind and your brain? Mind, body... Oh, dude, I just tripped out yeah, on acid. Yeah, there you go. Think about it. Fuck. Hmm. I don't think there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't we... Well, yeah, this is a puppy. I think we should wrap it. Um, uh, before we end it, um, guys, I've just prepared some uh, cups of tea for you, too. Um, I'm, I'm good to not have any tea, but... Uh, 
Why don't oh, you uh, thanks, raise your glasses and sip them oh, right so I can sure. see them? Why not? And, no problem. Um, sure. Yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy that. Okay. <laughs> mm. <sighs> Weird. Mike's <laughs> dancing a jig. Yeah. Is it a St. Patrick's Day tribute? or I don't know. Oh, don't mind me. I didn't even realize my legs were doing that. Well, huh. that's the end of the episode, but this is just the beginning of a very strange moment for... <laughs> Evil Men! This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.